Real sports talk for real sports fans. Swing it a minute. Slam dunk. Touchdown. Sports. It's Jimmy B and TC. Oh, yeah. The word you're looking for is wow. Here's Jim and Trent. Hey, everybody. Welcome back in. We roll all the way till 6 o'clock. Still to come on the show, Al Yellen, Bleed Cubby Blue. We'll do some Cubs conversation coming up at about 5.15. Uh, then the uh, some of the sound from the teleconference for Big Ten college football coaches, and you will hear from uh, Kirk Ferentz. Uh, that's coming up around 5.30, 5.35. You know, Trent, last night I couldn't wait to watch the – Andre the Giant documentary, Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to say from my standpoint, it did not disappoint, and it's pretty interesting how they began it, showed him in his childhood, and he really didn't start to grow till he was about 14, 15 right then, and then they realized at that time that something was wrong, and uh, uh, it's, it's heartbreaking at the end. Because he knew he wasn't going to live very long. He died at 47. And from that standpoint, they probably could have done something to help him. But at that time, he just didn't want to, he just didn't want to deal with it. And, uh, you know, he died kind of like an unhappy man. Yeah, it was uh, a little bit slow there in the middle. There was a portion of it that kind of looked, I got to it late last night. I think I started at, probably a little after 11 o'clock, so I'm like, eh, am I going to stay up for this whole thing? But then it really kicked into gear as they were building up to WrestleMania three, Hulk Hogan against him. I mean, that, yes. that's right in my wheelhouse, Jimmy B. Late 80s, I mean, just absolutely perfect time for me. I was right back in, and you're right, the, the sad ending certainly played a big role in that and just the way that it played out, but... Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it last night. Brought back some uh, some great memories, no doubt, and uh, some, yeah, disappointing end. But uh, one of the great figures in professional sports, regardless of your thoughts on the WWE, and I, I like to give Brinson a hard time because he's an old man that still watches it, but hey, it, it, is, <laughs> it is entertainment, there's no doubt. It, and I really I did enjoy that last night, and I uh, thought they did an excellent job with it. So a tip of the ball cap to Bill Simmons and his group. They yes. got it done on that one. The HBO show didn't work out. This, though, worked out very well. Yeah, I think Bill Simmons uh, hit it out of the park. He really did with uh, with that particular uh, feature. And my guess now is that maybe he's kind of found something here, and maybe that might take him uh, in that direction because the show itself, all of the old footage that you could see, and the thing that was unique uh, about all the wrestling territories. It isn't anywhere close like what it is now, where everybody had their own couple of states. God, I remember growing up in Seattle. They called it the Pacific Northwest Territory. And you had guys like Shag Thomas and Dutch Savage and Lonnie Maine. And they would wrestle the Pacific Northwest Circuit, and they would be that character. And then let's say they went to California and they'd wrestle that circuit, and they would be somebody else, Trent. They'd be a totally different guy with a different name. And in one in, in one territory, they'd be the good guy. In the other territory, they'd be the bad guy. I mean, that's kind of how that was playing out. It was, it was really done well last night. They did. So we had that going on last night, Jimmy B. As that is happening, maybe a little bit beforehand, our big story of the day, Iowa announces their awards for the basketball banquet, they're handing out awards. Everything is good. 
couple of media members find their way in there, and Tyler Cook says, no thanks, I'm not going to talk yeah. to the media right now. It feels like a done deal, Jimmy B. It feels like this is over. He has moved on. He's getting ready to start his professional career wherever that may be. Uh, I agree with you from that standpoint. Even if the reviews are negative to him, I don't think that's really going to deter him from making a a jump into being paid for playing basketball, whether if he just goes to the G League or if he goes overseas to play. Um I, I he, he's not an NBA player. You and I both know that. Not yet. His offensive game is improving. He's an unbelievable athlete. And maybe in two more years of playing, and if he can, you know, bring it to himself to play defense and to rebound at a, at a pace that, that would be suitable for a guy his size in the association – then I think he'll probably get a, a reasonably good look and somebody will probably sign him. But in today's world of the NBA, it's not happening right now. On the other hand, Isaiah Moss says that he is making his way back unless he gets a draftable grade. We don't anticipate that happening. No, he's, that's not happening. He's a long, long ways away from even being in the conversation of Tyler Cook, who doesn't look like he is a, a draftable guy at this point in time. So Moss will be back, and that's good news, Jim, because – you know, I'm an Isaiah Moss fan, and I believe yes. that there is still a ton of upside to his game. He has to become more consistent, there's no doubt. And frankly, he's got to give a damn on the defensive end. It just can't be a two-minute stretch here, a possession there. It has to be long sustained on the defensive end. He can score. He can shoot. He's probably got the best ability of anybody on the team to get to the rim off the bounce, but most importantly, He's got to buy in on that defensive end. I mean, that goes top to bottom across this roster. Everybody has to buy in. I think Moss, though, may be the biggest cog because I think with his athletic ability, he can become mm -hmm. an above-average defender. He's just got to give an effort on that end of the floor. I'm with you on that. It's not that he doesn't have the talent. A lot of a lot of guys have it. They just don't apply it. And right now, he seems to be in that, well, I'm not really going to apply myself uh, kind of mode. Things will have to change for him to be successful. And once again, if he envisions playing someplace where he is paid to play, uh, it's not happening. I mean, the, the, the G League's not taking him. He's not good enough to play there. He's not good enough to go play overseas right now. you got to be brutally honest with yourself here. And look, you know, all your boys and, 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 and friends can tell you, oh, dude, you're the best. You're... No, you're not, dude. We're being just brutally honest with you right now. You're not even close. I mean, you're not even a major contributor in the Big Ten yet. So you've got to be a major contributor in the Big Ten to be able to make that quantitative leap to get paid for playing. And I think out of all of the basketball players, I thought that I heard this stat the other day, Trent, that only like 2 to 3% out of all the college basketball, uh, basketball players that play make it in the NBA. 2 to 3%. That's it. That's it. Well, and, and Jim, just look at it this way. There's 351 teams, 12 players yeah. a team. That's 4,200 players that are in college basketball, D1 college basketball at any given time. How many guys are drafted each year? 60. I mean, 60 out of over 4,200. So 
Yeah. It's it's even less than that, Jimmy B. It's you're looking at I mean, you're you're talking about point oh one percent. One percent, yeah. No, no, not one percent, point oh one percent of college wow. players are gonna go into the league in any given season. It, it's it is a long, long ways to get there. The upper end guys, and that's not even counting the international guys. Didn't even put those into the equation. But, Jim, right. we got to do it right now. The last time, you only get a minute. Time now for Jimmy B's crappy NBA minute. Your present was unsailed in Chicago, Chicago Stadium. Ricky Mahorn hustling underneath, can't get it to fall. Short to the hoop, hang in the air, score! All right, everybody, if you're looking for something to do tonight, it is the opening of the National Hockey League playoffs, but the big game will take place in Minnesota as the T-Wolves will host the Denver Nuggets, and whoever wins will be the number eight team in the East or the Western Conference of the NBA playoffs. It's Denver against the T-Wolves tonight in Minneapolis at the Target Center. It means everything. They haven't had a game this big on the NBA side in Minneapolis in over 10 years. I will be dialed in, locked in, to see if the T-Wolves can break through on that long streak and finally get back into the playoffs. Jim, uh, your final crappy NBA minute of the year, and you you already screwed up. You already screwed up, Jim. You know what happened? I did? Yeah, yeah. Well, not necessarily the winner is going to be the eighth seed. In fact, both well, that is teams. correct, yeah. yes. yeah. Both of these teams can bounce up further than that, up to the 7. And in one scenario out there, I believe move up to the 6 seed. So, no, mm-hmm. it's not an automatic. Now, guess how many times since the current playoff format was implemented back in 83-84? Do you know how many times we've had one of these winner goes to the playoffs, losers eliminated oh, wow. regular season finales? I'm, it hasn't been a lot. I'm going to say five. It's three. Three times wow. this has happened. I was close. Okay. 1995, yeah. the Nuggets knocked off Sacramento to get in. 97, it was, mm-hmm. uh, might have been the, were they the Wizards in 97 or were they still the Bullets? Regardless, they beat Cleveland but, in 97. Yeah. But it's been 19 years the last time we've had a win and in. Loser goes home. One game elimination as it's set up here tonight with the Wolves and the radio and the the Wolves and the Nuggets. So looking forward to that. But yeah, a lot of scenarios out there. Jimmy B mentioned this to you yesterday, but the Nuggets can be uh, a seven seed, I believe, in three, four, four of the scenarios out there. Basically, if the Nuggets win, they're going to be mm-hmm. the number seven seed. The T Wolves win, they will either be the seven or the eight seed depending on uh, what happens in the Pelicans and Spurs and Jazz and the Blazers matchup. So yeah. still a lot, but but it's not an automatic, Jimmy B. Not an automatic. They're going to be an eight seed. In fact, looking more in that seven range. Going to be a fun wow. night. Going to be a fun night. And it's Great already night. started off well for the Minnesota teams. A walk-off victory for those Twinkies. I knew you were excited. I I knew that you would when the show began. You were jumping up and down like a like a four year old, which is good. 
You're supposed to get excited about your team, especially when they do it with a walk-off like that. And not only that, Kepler hit two home runs today. So it wasn't just the walk-off. He put them in the lead. They had a huge eight-run inning, and then it got tied up, and then the walk-off winner for the Twins. The Minnesota Wild playing tonight, NHL playoffs. They are in Winnipeg, and it is game one between those two teams. You excited? I am, Jim. I, in fact, I might have to pull off here uh, a day like you. I, I might have to sit up, a belly my way up to a bar stool and watch everything going on. We're coming back, talking Cubs baseball with Al Yellen. Now, listen to 1700 KBGG on Alexa. Say, Alexa, enable the 1700 KBGG skill. Then to play us, say, Alexa, play 1700 KBGG. Simple enough. Guys, Trent Condon here again for New Leaf Wellness. Warm weather is going to be here before you know it, and if you added some pounds during the winter, New Leaf Wellness can help you. Great treatment programs designed specifically for you. I'm on the GAC and Mick. It has helped me not just lose weight with my energy level, no more lulls in the afternoon. Give them a call today. Set up a free, no-obligation consultation. 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. Let's feel better together with New Leaf Wellness Centers. Join Coach Ben Jacobson, Fran McCaffrey, Steve Prome, along with new Drake coach Darren DeVries, along with their wives as they form one team with the American Cancer Society for the 11th annual Coaches vs. Cancer Gala, presented by Hy-Vee on Friday, May 4th at the Ron Pearson Center in West Des Moines. A great opportunity to gather with friends, family, colleagues for an evening to honor those who are currently facing a journey with cancer, to celebrate all cancer survivors, and remember those who have lost the battle to cancer. Don't miss this special evening and the opportunity to make a difference for cancer patients and their families. Contact Katie Knutson at the American Cancer Society to purchase tickets. Call 515-727-0058 or visit coachesversecancergala.com. Sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. Hello, everybody. This is Carl Schaphorst, owner of Sandler Training. The development of high-performance sales culture in business does not just happen. Rather, you must be deliberate and pursue high performance. This is what Sandler Training is all about. Here is Ken of A-plus Lawn and Landscape. Our sales team now has higher closing ratios and faster sales cycles. Sandler Sales Training has given our company a culture of high performance. We absolutely love Sandler. Learn about our next training event at iowasales.net. That's iowasales.net. As soon as we're back out in our yard, yep, we get company. Dandelions, lurking crabgrass, and wheat-thin grass. But the all-new Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action takes care of them all. Now, with one bag, you can kill weeds, prevent crabgrass for up to four months, and feed for greener grass. Triple action, so your lawn thrives, guaranteed. Only from Scott's. Weeds aren't welcome here. This is a Scott's Yard. Pick up a bag of Scott's Triple Action today. All of us parents have heard about skyrocketing college tuition costs and staggering student loan debt for graduates and naturally wonder, what can you do? We can help. Hi, this is Mike Hammond, owner of Advantage Financial and Tax Services located in West Des Moines. A 529 college savings plan allows parents or relatives to set aside money for their future college students and possibly save on taxes too. With an automatic monthly savings plan, this makes for a simple and steady way to add to this account. For information, visit AdvantageIowa.com or call 440 one one three three 
Washer Systems of Iowa, blasting grime and saving you time. At Washer Systems of Iowa, we have an experienced factory trained service department and will work on any American made pressure washer. Washer Systems of Iowa featuring Mighty M industrial pressure washers. Mighty M built in Iowa, number one in Iowa. Washer Systems of Iowa. Visit their showroom at 6050 Northeast 14th Street in Des Moines or online washersystems.com. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we believe in honest work, a fair price, and work we stand behind, and our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. To enjoy life indoors during Iowa's hottest months, call Logier Heating and Cooling. Right now, you can save $3,400 or more with combined rebates on a new Dave Lennox signature system from Logier. Check out LogierHeatingCooling.com for details. For over 110 years, Logier has made Central Iowans happy inside. See customer reviews on Google, Facebook, and the Des Moines BBB website. Call Logier at 267-1000. We make you happy inside. Real sports talk for real sports fans. It's Jimmy B and TC. Here's Jim and Trent. All right, everybody, welcome back in. We roll all the way till 6 o'clock right here on the Big Talker 1700. Going to do some Cubs baseball right now. Al Yellen is our guest. Bleed, Cubby Blue. And Al, let me just start by, can you just tell fans just to slow down a little bit? I mean, they've only played 10 games here, Al. Please, just tell them to chill, will you? Well, yeah, I mean, that's exactly the point. You know, if the Cubs had gone 5-5, five and five, over 10 games, you know, let's say in the middle of May, nobody would have noticed the difference. But, you know, it's, it's the start of the season. The Dodgers are four and six. Are people freaking out over them? The Nationals are under 500. The Yankees are under 500. Uh, you know, out of the six for, uh, predicted division winners this year, Cubs, Dodgers, Nationals, um, Yankees, Indians, and Astros, the only one with a winning record is the Astros. So stop freaking out. It, this is just, it's 10 games. Yeah, what we're talking about one sixteenth of the season, and something like this happens in middle of July. It's not a big deal, but it happens at the beginning, yeah. and it leads to the freakout factor that happens and the ebb and flows of the baseball season. That what what makes it great to me, Al. You know, is you go through these ups and downs over the course of the season, and and over the course of one sixty two, it seems to even itself out, and the cream rises to the top, but. There are always concerning elements at any time. What is the one thing that you look at that you are the most worried about? When you look at the construction of this team, what does have you a bit worried? Well, you know, right now, obviously, Ian Happ is not being the leadoff guy that everybody hoped he would be. But, you know, again, it's 10 games. You know, maybe he goes on a hot streak uh, sooner or later. It's a little concerning to have Anthony Rizzo on the disabled list. Um, You know, he's had back problems before. This is really the first time it's forced into the DL. Hopefully it's nothing serious. He'll be back next Monday when the Cardinals come to Wrigley Field. So, you know, those two things would really help get the offense going. Starting rotation has not been as good as advertised. They were much better the second time around than the first the first time around. They'll be fine. You know, it's really this team is going to run off six or eight wins in a row, and then everybody will, uh, you know, calm down. 
It always cracks me up, Al, when it's this early and and people just go ballistic if their team uh, doesn't get out of the gate real fast and they're expected to be uh, the top team uh, in their division. And the Cubs fans believe that they're the top team in the National League. So let's kind of get into that uh, a little bit. The, the situation right now with this team and with the Washington Nationals, uh, I, the Cardinals are going to hang around. Uh, the Dodgers, we know, are going to be there. Hell, even Colorado or Arizona or even San Francisco might even be in the mix as we get closer to the end of the season for wild card. So let's just do this, that the Cubs will indeed make the playoffs is this a a national league where once again Chicago could get dumped before they get to the World Series? Well, you know the playoffs are always a crapshoot. I mean, you know, look at how close. You know, when the Cubs did win the World Series, look at how close those series were. I mean, the Cubs had, they had yeah. a great historic ninth inning rally to win Game Four against the Giants. If they had lost that game, they were facing a Game Five against Johnny Cueto at Wrigley Field. That would not have been easy. They were down two games to one to the Dodgers. They had been shut out twice in a row before they won that series. And in Game 7 of the World Series, you know, they're down 3-1 to one in the World Series. And then in Game 7, you know, that could have gone either way in, in, in the ninth inning or tenth inning. So, you know, look how hard it is to win playoff series. Um, and so even, even the best teams, look, look what happened to Cleveland last year. They won 101 games in the regular season. Boom, out in the first round. So, you know, even a great Cubs team, if they win 95-plus games this year, which I think they can get into the playoffs, they could get bounced. We hope they don't, but, you know, the playoffs are anybody's game once you get in. Yeah, the reality is it's just a completely different ball game, and you have to construct your roster, you know, different for that course over the course as opposed to the 25-man roster that you have uh, during the regular season. It, it is a whole lot different, but a long time before we get to that point, who is the team that you're concerned about in the Central? Who's the team that you look at that maybe can make a little bit of a run? We see Pittsburgh off to a great start this season, sitting in 8-2. and two. Uh, Milwaukee, of course, uh, above 500. you got the Cardinals scuffling a little bit. If you had to pick one of those three to make a run, who would you think it's going to be? I'm going to have to believe it's the Cardinals. You know, the Pirates are probably a little better than I give them credit for. Some of their offseason moves, trading away Andrew McCutcheon, trading away Garrett Cole, seemed a little inexplicable, but they seem to have gotten some decent talent in return on those deals. Uh, will they be able to sustain this this great start? Probably not. Uh, the Brewers, I can't figure out what they're doing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, here's a team that the one thing they really needed was starting pitching, and they went ahead and traded for two outfielders. So, so I don't get that at all. Uh, you know, the Cardinals are the Cardinals. They always seem to, you know, hang in there somehow. Uh, I'd have to say the Cardinals are going to be the team. They, they really improved their offense by getting Marcelo Zuna. Um, you know, the only question for them is their, their pitching staff. They're, they don't really have a – well, they do have a closure now in Greg Holland. The first game they put him in, he, he faced four batters and walked all of them. So, you know, go figure on that. But they're hoping that Greg Holland will solidify their bullpen. Uh, their rotation is a little bit iffy, but uh, the Cardinals always seem to find a way to hang around. Um, on the Cubs, and you mentioned you referenced uh, when the Cardinals come to town that Rizzo would be uh, back for that. Is – even though the weather's been lousy and it's been cold and everything, are the is Chicago truly turned on already? Is it red hot for the Cubs right now? 
Well, I, I would think so. You know, one thing about uh, Chicago sports right now is that, you know, the Blackhawks didn't make the playoffs this year. The Bulls are uh, a season ends after today. So after today, it's all baseball uh, for Chicago sports for the spring and summer. And, you know, I think people are ready for the Cubs to make another World Series run. Talking right now, Al Yellen, Bleed Cubby Blue is where you can find his work, part of SB Nation, as he joins us here today. Uh, he mentioned Anthony Rizzo working his way back after he hits the 10-day DL. And uh, I heard him earlier today talking with David Kaplan over in Chicago. He's going to be sleeping on the floor in hotel rooms. Said a bad back, uh, a bad bed led to that back injury. Sleeping on the floor, can't, can't they just, I don't know, bring, to, bring a cot, something like that? Sleeping on the floor. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I, I think Rizzo was probably uh, probably kidding on the square there. I don't think he's going <laughs> to sleep on the floor, but I do think he'll probably ask for a better, uh, you know, maybe an upgraded room next time they go to Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> well, he is off to a slow start. How much do you equate that to the injury, and and how much of it is just uh, an early season funk? Uh, you know, Rizzo has has done this from time to time. He'll go to play real slow for a couple of weeks, and then, and then he'll go on a tremendous hot streak for, for two or three weeks, and his numbers will get up to where they normally are. I'm not the least bit concerned. I think that he'll be fine uh, once, one, you know, it was probably a, a good idea to, uh, you know, rest in these 10 days in the cold weather and let him come back when maybe it's a little bit warmer. You know, it's it's interesting to me because, like, I'm I'm watching the game yesterday, Baez just jacking things out of the yard, yet they still don't win the game. Is there is there like a, a a power outage? You get one guy who's hitting long balls, and then nobody else is following suit. Are you concerned that the the power structure of the lineup uh, it's taking longer maybe than what you thought for it to kick into gear? Well, don't forget it. You know it's cold, and that that has yeah. a lot to do with it. You know, Javi Baez cranked out two homers yesterday. But they scored five runs. I mean, most of the time when your team scores five runs, if you're good, you should win. The pitching staff, uh, you know, shouldn't be giving up eight runs a game. That that really was more the cause of this loss than uh, than the lack of offense. Out in center field, Hap started off the season with a bang with that home run. Since then, uh, just four hits in his at-bats. Uh, there's been a lot of conversation, a lot of talking. Maybe it's time to hand the center field reins over to Albert Amora. They shuffle in and out. They do a lot of moving parts there. But would you like to get a sustained look at Albert Amara Jr. in center field? I'd like to see a little bit more of him, yeah. He will be playing uh, in, in tonight's game, mainly because the Pirates have a left-hander going. But I think maybe it's time to give him uh, a little bit of time against right-handers also just to see what he can do. You know you have, you've got better defense with Del Moro, but Hap looked pretty good in spring training defensively. So uh, we'll see. I, you know, Joe Madden likes to mix, mix and match with his players and get him all as much playing time as possible. Al, this is, uh, we talked about 10 games in, and the way that things are shaking out early here in, in Major League Baseball. Look, the Dodgers are not in first place. Washington is not in first place. So, I mean, look at you. All the, all the top teams that were predicted to run away with their respective divisions, they're not even in first place. So I, I, I'm just kind of struggling with this. I understand the cold weather being uh, when they are on the East Coast and then uh, back in Chicago you get snowed out a day and 
I understand that, but it's just kind of confusing to me why these teams that were selected to be so good are slow to get out of the box. You know, it's just, a, again, it's just a thing of a, a kind of a random circumstance. Like I said earlier, if the, if the Cubs had gone 5-5 five and five through a random 10-game stretch in the middle of May, probably nobody would really notice. But, you know, it's because it's the first 10 games, everybody's panicking. But don't forget that this team was under 500 at the All-Star break last year, and then they turned it on afterwards and won 92 games. I don't think they're going to go that long playing like this. But, you know, they could very easily, uh, you know, start turning it on. You know, sooner or later they're going to win, you know, six, eight, ten games in a row, and everything will be fine. Al Yellen, Bleed Cubby Blue. Al, is always good catching up with you. Get anticipate there'll be uh, more in the stands than what we saw on the south side yesterday where 900 and uh, change bellied their way through the turnstiles. Going to be a little, little bit better than that in Wrigley tonight, right? A, a little bit better, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it, it, it's going to be kind of a chilling night, so you, you won't see a full house, but you will see more than 900. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Thanks for your time today, Al. Thank you for having me. Allie Ellen joining us here. Bleed Cubby Blue, Jimmy B. So we get the Cubs in action a little bit later on this evening. But for me tonight, uh, baseball's taking a back seat. My twins played earlier today. It's all about the hockey and the NBA this evening. It is all about the hockey in the NBA. And, and look, I, I know you're celebrating because the Twins find a way to win that game against the Houston Astros. So you'll be in a party mood. But will you be in a party mood when the NBA tips off and your Minnesota T-Wolves face off against the Denver Nuggets? Well, that that is to be determined, Jimmy B. So I I, I was telling Ken earlier today, I hedged, uh-huh. my, I hedged my bets a little bit. Uh, before the okay. season began, I bet against the Timberwolves to make the playoffs. It was plus 450. Uh-huh. I felt very good odds for that. So I have an opportunity tonight. I can bet on the Nuggets just to win the game outright. They're a slight underdog, so I get about plus 135 there. I can hedge my bet, and either the T-Wolves win, and I'll win a portion of that bet, or the Nuggets win, I win that bet. So I can do that, or I can just go all in with my squad. Jim, what should I do? Oh, man. Uh, you're the, the the world-class degenerate. What's the line on this game? Uh, three Have and a half, but, it but, but I, it has nothing to do with the line. Nothing because, to do with the line? Right, okay. because obviously the Wolves win, they're in. The Nuggets win, they're in. I would just yeah. bet the Nuggets to win the game outright or keep my bet and if the Nuggets, it's that's what I'm looking at here. So which way do I go? Well, all I can tell you is is that watching the so-called NBA analysts, most of them have picked Denver to win this game tonight. Mm-hmm. I hate to tell you that. No, that's fine. Um, yeah, but I, I think I think Denver is is a team that is probably maybe a smidge better than what the T-Wolves are right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really don't know what you're going to get out of Andrew Wiggins. You know you're going to you know what you're going to get out of Cat and you know what you're going to get out of Jimmy Butler. But after that uh where I look, I don't I don't know the the duel between Carl Anthony Towns, Cat and Jokic is going to be Phenomenal! Mm-hmm. I, I, I cannot, I cannot wait, Trent. If I were, if if I were a betting man, I'm not a degenerate, but if I was, like my famed partner, I would probably stay with the Nuggets tonight. 
Nuggets tonight. So just let it ride. Nuggets yep. win. I win my T Wolves not to win the or not to make the playoffs. Future yep. bet. Go with that, or I can bet the T Wolves tonight. Lay the three. Uh, just lay the money line. Have to lay the minus one thirty. Go that route. I'm, I'm gonna have to think about it. I got a little, a little more than an hour to figure it out. I'll do that. Right. But uh, Jim, coming up on the other side, we're gonna hear from Iowa football coach Kirk Ferentz. Had an opportunity to listen into the teleconference earlier today. Just about seven minutes with the coach. We will uh, play that for the listeners out there, and then little reaction to that. We'll put a cap on things and get ready for tonight. Kirk Ferentz, coming your way next year on seventeen hundred KBGG. It's uh, you know it was good to get back on the field with our team. Uh, we're, we're uh, about two thirds of the way down the spring practice right now, and um, for, first of all, the team's really—you know—they've worked hard since they got back in January. I think they've had a good attitude, and uh, like every year, we have a lot of questions about our team right now. A lot of areas where we really need to to work and uh, try to develop some strengths and, and develop some depth. Uh, but then also, we have some veteran players that are, I think, doing a good job and trying to to set a good example. So, um, you know, it never looks really pretty in the spring, quite frankly, but. I think we are making progress and, uh, for the most part, working uh, working pretty well. I wanted to ask about uh, how the competition's going at linebacker, if any, of, uh, if any of the people have stood out, and then specifically Aaron Mens, whether or not uh, you know, he looks to be uh, you know, moving into a starting role. You know, we really haven't made a, a strong determination on anything yet, and uh, we're right about two-thirds of the way done, so we, we may take it right through the last uh, last practice, but... Aaron's doing a good job. Uh, we'd expect that. And Jack Hockaday, the two older guys, uh, both have been good. And Amani um, Jones, I think, has done a nice job, continues to impress us. Uh, uh, Welsh has done a good job. And then Nick Neiman, I think those are probably the top five guys at this point. And re- really pretty close uh, in terms of the strengths, weaknesses, that type of thing. So we'll, we'll just keep, uh, keep working. And uh, the other name I'd probably throw in there, I guess, is Barrington Wade. I think, you know, he... Um, has, has been in the program and been, you know, uh, I guess quiet's a good word to describe him, really uh, doing a good job, but nothing outstanding. But I think he's starting to, to uh, surface a little bit too right now. He's, he's flashed and done some good things during the course of the first two-thirds. Recruiting question for you. This yeah. is the first uh, This is the first spring for a spring official visit and summer official visit. I'm <laughs> curious what your strategy is with that, uh, what you guys plan on trying to do with it, if anything at all. Yeah, it's funny you should ask that because uh, we just uh, were grinding coffee last night over that for quite a while, uh, a meeting that went way longer than we probably intended it to. Um, yeah, we, we uh, and, and, you know, really I, I imagine a lot of people are going through the same thing. You know, we had a set idea of what we were thinking uh, coming into the spring, and now uh, I, th- I think that, you know, the landscape's going to change and continue to change as we go through this whole, whole deal. So, as you know, it's uh, new legislation, just like the early signing last year was new, and I think there was a lot of adjustment that went on in the process of it uh, last year, and I think that's that's kind of where we're at right now, too. We're um, just trying to figure out, you know, who we would want to invite for an official visit and then, um, you know, when. So those are two critical questions. And so I learned something also last night. Maybe I misunderstood it, but uh, the the NCAA calendar for starting, you know, visits you're allowed, whatever it is, 56 visits a recruiting year, Apparently they moved up the visits, but didn't move up the starting date of, of that clock. So uh, whatever you have left over for last year, at least my understanding is that's what you can use in the spring, which is kind of kind of illogical and interesting. But uh, I better get that uh, get that make sure that's factual. But anyway, so it's 
I guess what I'm saying is, you know, we're, we're clearly cloudy on this whole thing right now. It's uh, it's going to be kind of a work in progress. A couple of your assistants yesterday talked about um, seeing increased speed on your team um, this spring. I wondered if you kind of uh, agreed with that and, and maybe tell us uh, where you see that uh, maybe being a strong point this spring. Yeah, I think, I think uh, and I, I read a couple of articles, so I think it was in reference mainly to, to the offensive side. And, um, you know, we... we uh, yeah, you know, we just were really struggling last year at this time, as you know, uh, on the perimeter. So, you know, Akram had good speed, certainly, but, uh, you know, just basically our, our whole passing game was, there wasn't much to it and uh, that, that looked very attractive. So we're, we're hardly there yet, but I think we're improved, certainly, from a year ago at this uh, at this stage. And part of that is to the younger guys, uh, Amir Smith-Marset and then uh, Brandon Smith, you know, uh, jumping in there and, Helping us a little bit, and, and both of them are, you know, first of all, they weren't here last spring at this time, so that that's obvious. But uh, compared to August, and even compared to December, I think they're a little bit more mature and a little bit more confident now, and so they're playing faster than they were uh, in the fall, and that that's helpful. So uh, I think if you if you factor the the tight ends with that uh, in there with that, that uh, I think it, you know things look a little bit better right now, but we're still we still have a lot of work to do. And then uh, unrelated follow-up, and I, I really don't want to open this can of worms, but um, three, te- three teams, uh, Michigan, Iowa State, and Wisconsin, have canceled their spring games for this week. I mean, it's weather-related, but um, do you still find value in, in having a spring game? Yeah, I think it was two when I went out, out to practice this morning, so now the number's three. But, uh, yeah, you know, I fully understand that. I think, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of value in every practice that we have, first and foremost. Um, it just, you know... We, as, as football coaches, you only you only get to have your team in uh, pads or helmets X amount of times, and basically now it's 15, and probably will be 25. It sounds like in the summer, or maybe that's already been passed. But so you know you're looking at 40, 40 opportunities. So every every one of them is really important, especially you know for an outfit like us, we we always have a lot of work to do. Uh, so that's important. <laughs> but right right along with that, uh, I think the quality of the work that you do uh, is important and. To that point, like you know, we're, we're in the fall. We're, we're pretty uh, regular and going outside, but uh, today was our first day to go outside. You know, we've had six bad weather opportunities. Basically, one day was decent, but the wind was about thirty miles an hour. So that I didn't think that was going to be really uh, helpful for us growing. So I guess where I'm going on this whole thing, I think you want good quality conditions to work into, so you can maximize the opportunity to practice and. Um, there's no sense going out there if you're going to be in a torrential downpour, and then certainly if you've got lightning involved, which I don't know if we do or don't this weekend, but you, know, you don't want to put anybody at risk, your team or certainly the fans. So, um, you know, I, I understand that totally. I can see that, and I think you know, everybody still wants to have good quality practice time. All right, so that was Kurt Ferentz earlier today during the Big Ten teleconference, and well, it's good to be the dean of Big Ten coaches, Jimmy B, because he got to be the first coach in today right at 11 o'clock this morning. And then he was done, and it was uh, all 13 coaches after him. And uh, right afterwards was Jim Harbaugh, and I just listened to the very beginning of that. It really cracked yeah. me up, Jimmy B. So the administrator of the teleconference says, all right, Coach, uh, you can have an opening statement or you can just uh, take questions you know, from the assembled media. He says, yeah, I'll just go with the questions. Har- Harbaugh did not have an <laughs> opening statement today. <laughs> you know, he's... Look, I think I think there's plenty of heat on him right now, Trent. There, there really is. I, I think that fans, yes, they're grumpy because he hasn't delivered. I think what most fans thought he was going to deliver, uh, 
I mean, they've been successful. Mm-hmm. They've won, but not not at the level that fans thought that they were going to be a, a winner. They thought they were going to have success against Ohio State. That hasn't happened yet. They thought they were going to be a top contender to make the uh, f- the Final Four in college football. Well, that hadn't happened. So they've they've gone to bowls and they've had winning records and they've had some excitement on the field. But I still think that I think you could I think he can feel it on his sneakers right now. Those khakis that he wears <laughs> might be getting just a little bit warmer. Just a, a little bit, and it's it's getting time to deliver now. It, it's no more yeah. excuses, and, and a big part of that, obviously, is going to happen. matter what happens with Shea Patterson. The grad transfer from Ole Miss, if he's going to be eligible right away, or if he does have to sit out a season, I, that's going to play a big key, certainly, here. And, and certainly, it's... Uh, that that's going to be an off season that we're going to be talking about a lot. An off season storyline. What's going to happen with Patterson? There, we'll get into that when we have a little bit more time, Jimmy. Sure. B. But I uh, I do want to get your thoughts here as we go into tonight. Mentioned at the end of uh, last segment, so mm-hmm. I, I can hedge my bet tonight. But but taking betting away because I know that makes you uncomfortable. You're terrible at betting, and in fact, you still <laughs> owe me ten bucks from our uh, NFL playoff pool. <laughs> what are you going to pay up, Brinson? Oh my God! I gotta, I gotta go to the bank. Yeah, I better, yeah. I better get that. And I I'm, forgot all about that. Well, it's charging you interest. For me. It's interest is I, compounding. You actually owe me twenty eight dollars yes. now. <laughs> all righty, I'll get to the ATM and cover that. All I'll right, make all sure right. that, that that's taken Jeez. care of. But tonight, I know. All right, let's start. Yeah, it's a big night, in Minnesota. They get it. A, is they have an eight one lead in the baseball game today. They blow it, then come back and win it in the ninth inning. So you got to figure the karma gods are going to be against either the Wolves or, or the Wild. Three good things can't happen in Minnesota, can they? Well, uh, you wouldn't think so. Look, the Wild are, are playing uh, uh, the NHL playoffs tonight in the first game of that against the Winnipeg Jets. So we know where Ken Miller is on this game tonight. And, and, and then for the NBA, Trent, is this the biggest game that the T-Wolves have played since Durant, or not not Durant, since KG and, and Garnett and company made the playoffs and then they've been on this terrible run where they haven't even been close. Is this the biggest game for them at the Target Center that we have seen now in some time? Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, not, nothing, okay. nothing's been close to this. You're right. I mean, you have to go back 13 years, <coughs> excuse me, since the last time they were in the playoffs. So, yeah, this is the biggest one, Jim. It seems to me that I, I, I don't know if the moment's going to be too big for the T-Wolves. And when, by saying that, everybody's going to say, well, they got veteran players. They do. Jimmy Butler's played in a lot of playoff games, and he's played well in playoff games. But Cat, never been in a playoff game. Andrew Wiggins, never been in a playoff game. I, I'm just... I'm, I'm just finding the the situation here where I can't wait for the big center matchup with Jokic and Carl Anthony Towns. They can both uh, be successful down low on the block, 
and they can both step outside and shoot it from the outside. Mm -hmm. And Jokic is. Would you agree that he's the best passing big man we have right now well, in the NBA? I'm not talking. I'm not talking about LeBron. I'm talking yeah. centers. Best passing center. Well, yeah. it's it's not close. There there isn't yeah. anybody yeah. like him. He is. Yep. For people that haven't seen it, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that haven't watched a whole lot of Nuggets basketball. Jimmy B, he's so much fun to watch. But you mentioned th the moment being too big for the Wolves. Yeah. Can't you say the same thing for the Nuggets? Yes, I, th I can. Yeah. An incredibly young team. And as good as they've been lately, they're a whole lot better on the road as opposed to they are on the road. So I I just I got a good feeling here. So that means what? The Wild are gonna get dumped tonight, five to one, something <laughs> like that by, by Kenny Miller's Jets. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if there's got to be an odd man out here for the sports gods for Minneapolis teams, yes, I, I would say it's the wild uh, that are that probably will have the most difficulty. Is that fair? Yeah, that, that makes a whole lot of sense. I, I can certainly buy that. Who's your pick, Jimmy B, with the uh, NHL playoffs getting ready to start up? Who do you got? Who is uh, your pick to, to play in the Stanley Cup Finals and win it all? You know more hockey than I do. Well, look, I've been following it, and even though the Vegas Knights are a real nice story as an expansion team and winning that division, uh, they are not going to be around uh, in the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, you would be foolish not to like Pittsburgh again, and it would be a three-peat if that takes place. They're loaded. Sidney Crosby is healthy. Uh, they will get the Washington Capitals again in the second round. But every time, and the Capitals are really good, but every time they meet, Pittsburgh finds a way to eliminate them and Alex Ovechkin. So I, I, I'd love to say that the Capitals, if they get past Pittsburgh, could win it all because I believe that then. But I don't know if they can ever get that monkey off their back, to be honest with you. On the other side of the ledger, a surprise team is Anaheim, and they're dangerous uh, just because they can score in bunches, mm -hmm. and they do have a, a Stanley Cup uh, to their in in their uh, in their closet. They've got that, so um, I, that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. It's it's difficult to really kind of just jump out. On, on the limb here because we've seen number eight seeds knock off number one seeds in the NHL. It happens more in the NHL than it does in any other sport. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's no doubt. It and, does. And we see yeah. teams make runs and, and go through it. So I'm right there with you in terms of, you know, in general, the opening round of the NBA playoffs can be pretty boring. It's so much different than what you get in the hockey. And right. Yeah, uh, I I just think something funky is going to happen. I I have an upset for you in the opening round. I I have one place that I am looking right now. I'm going to give you the Devils. I'm going to give you a New Jersey okay. to get it done in the opening round. Pull that upset. Be that team that nobody expects over Tampa. Tampa was very good through at the beginning part of the year. They've struggled a little bit. So New Jersey's kind of my upstart team. I'm taking a look at. Pittsburgh, it's hard to bet against them. And you know what, out it west, I, I hope Winnipeg does it, just because Ken would be so bubbly. Wouldn't it be oh great? My God. A happy Ken Miller. Uh, he'd be hammered for three or four days. Well, uh, well mean, that, nothing changes there. Well, no, I guess you're right. Yeah, that wouldn't be, mean anything different. <laughs> That's the same. That's the same. The, the, yeah, yes, yeah. But, look, I, I hope the Jets make, a, make some sort of run. I... Uh, 
is is Stamkos healthy? I didn't look for Tampa Bay yet to see if he's going to be able to play in the first round um, against the Devils. If if he's healthy, that changes the whole dynamic with your upset. Stamkos, so gonna Stamkos to, is going to go. He is going to go. Yep. He is. You yep. got. You found it. Okay. All right. See, it's tough for me to back away from Tampa. Mm-hmm. Really is with with the way that they play. Look, it wouldn't shock me. In Nashville's good. If if they made a run again, if, if, I mean, look, it's. Might as, you might as well go back there. You love Nashville. Hell, we can take the show on the road and go down there and, and do it right across from the uh, from the arena, one of the uh, saloons. That would be awesome. But I'm still I'm still kind of hanging in with with Anaheim. Uh, they're they're a very dangerous team on the in the West. It all gets started here in just a couple of minutes with the NHL playoffs, and uh, we'll have you covered here on seventeen hundred with the play by play from Westwood One. Thanks everybody for listening in once again. Great conversations today. We'll be back tomorrow starting at noon. Myself and Ken Miller, and then Jimmy B and TC on your drive home from four to six. All here on seventeen hundred KBGG. Good night, everybody.